listening to Full Service Radio. Full Service Radio. Full Service. Full Service. Full Service. Full Service Radio. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. We are live from Full Service Radio at the Lion Hotel in D.C. And if this is your first time here, you are now listening to the All the Fly Kids show where the cool, calm and connected talk straight. No chaser. I'm your host, Geronimo Knows, urban culture, lifestyle enthusiast, reformed blogger turned full time interviewer. As always, I got my co-host, super engineer, backpack, Matt. And what building. up? What up? What's you, going on? Man? How you feeling today, man? I feel beautiful. Good, good, good. Glad to hear that. Absolutely. Uh, as always, tell people where they can find us. Everywhere, everywhere, every platform that plays or hosts podcasts, you can find all the fly kids. The main thing is that you subscribe, you rate, you tell a friend, and you support. We appreciate it. Absolutely. And also know that we are live here every Monday at 1 p.m. most of the time <laughs> on, Give or on, take. on org, so you can listen live every Monday when we are in the building uh, so that you can uh, follow along. And we're trying to get y'all to chime in a little more, you know, engage a little more. So, you know, if you're on Twitter, tweet us your, your thoughts, your questions, your opinions um, at our, on our Twitter account, all the fly kids, or you can hit us up on our interactive Q&A app. Um, on a Slido, well, it's not our app, but you can use Slido.com. And uh, each week, uh, we'll have a different uh, a different code to use to, to um, log into the uh, to get into the access the site. But um, definitely shoot us your, your comments, your thoughts, and opinions there. Um, and also make sure that you uh, subscribe to our YouTube pages, All the Fly Kids and Fairground Times, where you can catch all our recap videos and web series like Cool, Calm, Connected, and the latest re- release, Set Up Shop. Uh, if you haven't seen any of those, like I said, just uh, subscribe right now, All the Fly Kids and Fairground Times on YouTube. Um, a couple quick announcements. Um, so I finally found a life hack. Uh, for me to make this online thing a little more useful mm-hmm. just in letting the world know about our show and I got to give much love to my homegirl and friend of the show Amani K. Brown make sure you hit her up too if you need some high quality tattoo work done she did both of my sleeves if y'all have seen me in real life everyone who did my work that's the woman who was responsible for that but um she introduced me to her business partner Tim Craggett who's a co-creator of SWAT coaching program and a fellow Trini American and um once I got hip to his coaching program um, in less than a week's time, he's already showed me how to reverse engineer the build it and they will come approach that we've been taking to promoting this podcast. So um, because we know a lot of y'all also have podcasts, online businesses, things like that, but are s- struggling to make them pop. Uh, I put a, I put a link on our site so that you can get more hip to um, what that SWAT pro- coaching program is. So just visit all the and hit the SWAT coaching tab to learn more about that. Um, last one. Speaking of Trini Americans, if you are, you've been listening to the show over the past several months, you know my father is from Trinidad and Tobago, and I've learned within recent weeks, rather, that I need to do some on-the-ground family lineage work, um, as well as just track down our lineage in, uh, in New Orleans, which dates back to the 1920s, which I'm just now finding out. Um, I'll be visiting vital statistics offices, libraries, getting oral histories from family, friends, acquaintances in, in both regions, along with beginning the process of taking on the family house where my father, all the siblings, as well as um, just other relatives um, that I've met have lived. And my grandmother, who's 85, still lives in there alone um, in that house. Um, you know, been there since I, I don't even know. But um, her health's failing. And she's had a bunch of hip surgeries and injuries over the past 12 months. And I've only been able to meet this woman twice in my life. So that was only on the state side, though. But while she's still here, uh, I definitely want to make it 
my business to build a relationship with her. Uh, so to make all this happen, I started to go fund me and reached out to friends and anyone else who comes across the campaign to donate. So for those of you who've already donated or shared the campaign so far, I really appreciate your help. And um, my appreciation and gratitude goes uh, far beyond words could ever express. So um, um, if you're interested, want to know more about it, want to donate, share, um, you can visit my personal site, GeronimoKnows.com, and click the GoFundMe tab to learn more about that. All right, now for today's show. So we're on episode 82, Matt. We're Facts, yeah, we, we racking them up, bro. I was just thinking that. And that's not even counting the ones that we did off-site. <laughs> See, I didn't even realize that, that we were just I, like I, leaving those as like one-offs. Yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not even adding in the, the, the anything that didn't happen in the studio. That yeah. wasn't a part of the weekly uh, lineup. So um, it's going to be me and Matt uh, Dolo on this one. So a um, couple things we're going to be talking about today. So some of y'all have watched longtime hip-hop industry executive Leo Cohen who is now YouTube's global head of music, sit down with The Breakfast Club last week and say some rather questionable things about signing talented artists despite issues they may have with addiction, along with claiming to not know former business associate Dame Dash. So we got thoughts on this along with his not-so-damning comments leading up to the ones in question. But before we get into all that, we got the return of Twitter hits. Y'all may remember we introduced that a while ago. Um, we were supposed to be a little more consistent with that, but you know things happen, but better late than never. And so, you know, Matt's got a list of uh, stuff that was popping in Twitter on Twitter uh, over the past week. So we're going to go through that and uh, chime in. So, again, if you're listening live and want to chime in on the conversation, make sure you tweet us at all the fly kids or just hit us on um, Slido at Slido.com, S-L-I-D-O.com and use the code U514 to uh, get in on get in on the conversation. So, Matt. What's the first one up? Yo, can I get like a, a random sound effect? You know what I'm saying? Like just between ones. You know what I mean? Like we'll try it out. We'll play it by ear. Do okay. It yeah, that works. Right, I'm going to throw one that I didn't send because I thought of it like while I was on the way here. Right? Okay. Right. Okay. So last or last week, you know, I'm on Twitter all the time. It was a debate about $20. Oh, borrowing yes, 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 lending, yes. The $20. Borrowing and lending of $20. <laughs> uh-huh. The value that it has on what you are as a friend. You know what I'm saying? What the relationship is at. So, you know. When somebody asks you, gee, uh-huh. can I borrow $20, what does that signal to you most of the time? That they need some help. <laughs> they need $20. You know what I mean? And I don't really have any, I don't have anybody in my life uh, that I am, I'm in constant contact with who's just like, you know, always in need of $20. So, I mean, it's just whatever. You know what I mean? Here you go. $20. Okay. Sorry. So, what's the difference between somebody who feels comfortable enough to eventually ask you for $20 mm-hmm. versus somebody, even if it's that same person, asking for 100 what is the difference in what you perceive the circumstances as being? Um, I mean, again, as when it gets when you start like when the number starts going up, you know, for me, it's like as long as I got it and I know you're not out here, you know, doing some wild shit with it. You know what I mean? Um, or I don't even assume that you would do some wild shit with it. Um, I'm gonna help you out. I mean, that's that's just me. And I mean, also just because a lot of people have helped me out over the years, you know what I mean? So definitely. Um, and that's whether it's a friend or um, someone I'm in a relationship with. You know what I mean? At what point do you at what dollar amount do you say, all right, my nigga, I'm going to need a repayment plan, bro, as opposed to I'm going to just throw that throw that on the love of the relationship? Um, I'd say for me, number? for me at the uh, tax bracket that I'm in. <laughs> I'm talking like I'm in some super high tax bracket. Um, I'll say for me, I'll say 500. Yeah, I was thinking that too. 500. Yeah. You know, I mean, if I were, say. Off principle. Yeah, off principle. Let's say if I were, you know, maybe making mid 
six figures or something and i i say you know okay well here's a couple grand you know i say okay yeah let me get that couple grand back you know what i mean or maybe higher you know what i mean i don't know that's perfect by the way either way okay keep, keep oh that that, cool. that that uh that yeah. boxing ring bill whatever whatever that was a box that first one was the boxing ring bill um and uh so yeah that's what we got that's what that's that's my thoughts on that all right but, but i know i know that that 20 dollar one that was based upon this uh this one woman who was uh he's she's seeing this guy and he he she asked her she asked him for twenty dollars because she wanted to pay for her son's field trip or something. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and he was like, Nah, you need to go ask your baby father. You know what I mean? And she was just like, Well, I'm with you. First off, yeah, you supposed to if if she's with you, bro, you supposed to you supposed to be living for those opportunities to step up, bro. You know what I'm saying? Because that counts as, you know what I'm saying? That's an act of service. That's a love language. You know what I'm saying? Your boy been studying some shit. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 that was a tricky one, I must say, to, um, to, because a lot of people took many different sides to that. Um, I was just like, I mean, you really couldn't give her $20? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? All I right. mean, okay, go ahead, go ahead. Next one. Let's see what we got. All right, cool. LeBron James. LeBron James. Opens up, I promise school. Okay. In Ohio. Yes. It's like fully supportive of the the kids that are enrolled, the parents, uh, transportation, logistics, um, direct pipeline to college institutions. Mm-hmm. You know, everything that we say in black Twitter and what we need to establish, LeBron James has established. What are your thoughts? Uh, I think it's amazing. Uh, I think it's amazing because, um, one, I've been to Akron, Ohio, and you know, however people take me saying this, you know, when I was there, I was like, man, I'm really glad LeBron James made it because Akron, Ohio is 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 hurting. Yeah. You know, it's hurting out there. You know, I found the two uh, re- the, the two best restaurants in the whole town. And I went there pretty much every I would go back and forth. It was a Thai restaurant and a modern American restaurant. And I go back and forth every day. And that was all. That's the only thing I ate. <laughs> You know, I used my little per diem, and that was that. And um, you know, I'm I'm happy to see that he's always done a lot for um for the the community that he comes from. And I mean, you know, of course, he's not the first uh, athlete or celebrity to have done such a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's a lot of people who feel a way about um just staffing and just there not being enough black people on staff or something. Apparently, um, I haven't look that far into it so I mean, i'm not going i'm not going to comment on that part that's semantics at this um point. but i will say that um as long as he is staying on top of things to make sure there's staying on top of things like oversight right. you know what i mean because it does it he's the namesake he's not the namesake but he's the face of it people are going to associate that school with him mm-hmm. so just to make sure that no fuck shit happens right. you know that's 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 important for me that's that's the most important for me um, and that um, whoever, yeah, that's that's the most important for me. Because Diddy has a school up in Harlem, right? You yes. know what I'm saying? But yeah, you, when does. it first opened up, you were really interested. You were like, oh, yeah, that's dope. But you don't really, you know, whether it's still successful or not, you know, you don't really hear much from it afterwards. So, Well, that's, uh, I think, too, sometimes we just get so caught up in the, in the symbolic act of things. We just kind of forget right. that something happened. So, again, um, for anybody, you know, especially a black person, um, putting the sticking their neck out to provide something that's going to be beneficial um to the community um we got to make sure that we stay on top of oversight you know because a lot of a lot of foul things could happen and, and people and um some disadvantaged people could get taken taken advantage of right i like to see this new i wouldn't see even say new but just continuous wave of uh, black athletes um just 
really putting their money where their mouth is, you know what I'm saying? Even where they don't speak up that much about education or, you know, social political views like Derrick Rose opening up, a, you know, the Rose Scholars program that, that kind of came out the same day as the I Promise School, but that wasn't as big of an announcement. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, these are all the things that we've been screaming about black economics and black economic empowerment, mm-hmm. you know, from the top down in terms of assistance. And here we are, we're seeing more manifestations and iterations of that in real time. So I'm interested to see what the outcomes will actually be. Yeah, you know? I mean, I ain't holding my breath, but, you know, whoever decides to, you know, jump out there and really do their thing and, like you said, put their money where their mouth is, you know, I'm all for it, you okay. know, but I'm going to definitely make sure I hold you accountable just like I would want somebody to hold me accountable. Okay, so th- that was part A. We're going to do part B of this LeBron discussion. Okay, right, I'm so. assuming that involves Donald Trump. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Donald Donald Slump, 45, you know what I'm saying? So anyway, and he, uh, LeBron James did this, like, one-on-one interview with Don Lemon on CNN. Yeah. And from that, you know, LeBron, uh, Donald Trump put out this tweet, basically taking shots at Don Lemon, calling him the dumbest man on TV, right, and then right, taking right. shots at LeBron James and mm-hmm. saying that he preferred Michael Jordan, you know. And then subsequently, Michael Jordan came out the next day yes. and said that, you know, he admires the amazing work that LeBron James does for his community. So my first question is, which I know you, what your answer probably will be, what do you think of Donald Trump's latest outlash against, you know, uh, a black celebrity such as LeBron James, and two, how do you feel about Michael Jordan saying his community and not necessarily our community? Um. Okay. So to address the to address the Trump part, I mean Trump's reaction is typical. You know, um, even though I was reading something, um, where was I reading this? I forgot already. Um, but um, they were talking the 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 writer of this particular article who was talking about the situation um, basically was saying you know Donald Trump has had ample opportunity to um, clap back at LeBron James basically you know just saying you know I don't I don't bang with you you know what I mean you're a bum and you're this and you're that you know yeah. what I mean and so this one particular time um why does Donald Trump decide to clap back and um a lot of it a lot of what he was saying in the article is that it has to do with um just the whole division the division the, the that's occurring within within sports um, in terms of people saying, you know, keep the politics out of it. Just, you know, run the ball, shoot the ball, and keep your politics to yourself. Athletes should be seen, not heard. Exactly, exactly. And um, I was like, I mean, regardless of whether Trump had said something all the other times LeBron had, you know, spoken badly about him or now, I mean, it's typical Trump. Trump is, you know, he, you can't, because he said, you know, he's been, he's, there's a tweet on Twitter right now where Donald Trump was like, LeBron James is a good guy. You know, he's he's you know, he's, yeah. he, he gave him props. Yeah, yeah. But that was before whatever It's before he came president. Also, he was talking about how now that LeBron is going to the Lakers and he's not in Ohio anymore, um it's a, it's political for Donald Trump right. because that's a, Ohio's a swing state. Yeah, he yeah. knows he'll never get California, so he's like, "Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to take these shots now." Oh well, yeah, there's, there's <laughs> also a big uh uh, congressional race going on that's like it's a one point margin mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. in ohio yes so no no that's definitely valid so yeah. so that's that's another reason why he said you know this is now why he's decided to you know strategically clap back at lebron james but even still like i said strategic or not i mean you say something bad about trump he's so sensitive he's like a little kid but with when you talk when you speak ill of him you know what i yeah, mean fuck him <laughs> next all right oh, i didn't um, even i didn't even touch on the mj part all right, we could do the MJ part. Okay, so Michael Jordan, so you said, what was the, what was the question? He said again? he's doing, uh, LeBron James is doing amazing work for his community. 
although it really is our community since you know michael jordan is i assume a black man um still yeah, i wouldn't get caught up in this in the semantics of that because i mean it, because it's in akron um i think that that is key that's a key point i mean it's a key factor so i mean saying his community that's that is where lebron james come from comes from um as far as our community um if him saying him maybe should have saying our community uh well i mean it could be semantics but it could be the difference between just like just uh a nice gesture versus you know um we're in this together unity but you know once again semantics okay Okay. (laughs) so we're going to do next join us i still beat the I still beat phenomenon. Okay, yes, I saw that. And by the way, y'all, so I be on Twitter. I just don't always say something. And when I do say something, it's just because whatever. But I, so I'm familiar with a lot of these topics. But I know Matt, he really chimes in. He's got way more followers than me. And people be responding to him. I'll just be out. I don't really, I'm not, I'm not that active. But the oh, I still man. beat phenomenon. Is, okay, uh, let's, let's speak on that. Tell man's people. latest attempt at one-upmanship or brinksmanship of the woman. And saying, regardless of all the shit that you talk about me or say I'm this, I'm that, at the end of the day, I still had sex with you and you can't trump that. I still beat. Um, sometimes, you know, the fact that you still had sex, I mean, I, sex is a very powerful thing. It's a very intimate experience. Um, sometimes it's not intimate at all. But, it, and, and, but on the surface, it's a very intimate thing. Um, and too often we use sex to assert power over another person when ultimately I think we should be thinking like thinking more about being more careful with who we lay down with and not just on like the whole you know you don't want to get pregnant or you don't want to get a disease or something like that but like there's an exchange of energy you know what I mean not to get all spooky on y'all but there's a whole exchange of energy that's taking place and some of these people ain't right so for real for real you know there's some people who you know you might not even want to guys in particular you y'all might not you know you might not even want to be like yeah i still beat that joan i don't care what she said she could say whatever i still hit that joan she was loving it you know what i mean like i got i have women who i've had sex with who i'm not even pressed to let everybody know she i I could hear i know that she that they've spoken bad about me in public you know what i mean i'm not out here pressed to be like well i still i still fuck with what come on for real yeah i think it's I just think like it's, lead a pass in the past let it go you know what i mean i think and it's pretty corny yeah focus focus on the new action focus on the new action and um get you some good energy exchange I, out here i think if the, if you if your aim is power with that then it's more powerful if you keep that between y'all yes you know yes come you on y'all come off very corny the minute that you start spatting that out to the public and most of the time i'm just going to assume that you're overly emotional or still emotionally tied to the situation so that's my take on that. Okay. All right, so I'm going to switch around and switch up the topics and stuff. I'm okay. not just going to go down the list. Yeah. Pusha T, uh, like he canceled his uh, his most recent Fillmore show that was supposed to happen later on this month. Really? He's canceled okay, now that several. Okay, that I missed. I yeah, missed that. Several dates um, mm-hmm. on this tour, um, So on this Daytona tour. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's been some talk from, like, Drake, not Drake's camps, but, like, Drake's fan base talking shit. Like, okay, like, you based your whole album for the most part which is not true on mm. on dishing and bashing drake bashing drake and yet you can't sustain this limelight and trans translate this attention into ticket sales mm-hmm. um some would say the same thing about drake drake has not sold out his concerts um his his tour this year yet but also he's doing stadiums 
Yes. As opposed to like smaller venues like the Fillmore. So, I mean, what's your take on all this? Drake is a much bigger artist than Pusha T. You know, um, I, I don't even see Pusha T at the Fillmore, to be honest. I know he had an Echo Stage show um, July yeah. 6th. Um, I only remember because that was my mother's birthday. But, uh, you know, he's definitely an Echo Stage artist. You know, and he okay. is he is a second act mm. uh, 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 artist. And, you know, that's no diss to him. It's just um, in terms of his his the the the, the how how broad his not even how broad, but just the amount of his fan base and just how popular he is, you know, compared to, say, Drake, who is a headlining act. You right. know what I mean? Um, I would de- I definitely wouldn't say Pusha T is an opening act. And that's by far he's not even that hasn't been that in a very long time mm. you know um but i just think that with drake coming out and even with the people who were looking for looking forward to Pusha T putting out an album i don't i don't know if he has a, a fan base that can really command an actual tour mm. you know what i mean or like where he's the headliner you dig what i'm saying yeah you I know think, yeah so I mean, if, if it was if this was like a good music tour yeah, and he yeah, was yeah, the yeah. he came out he came out before Kanye came on. Right. You know, that'd be great. But just right. him as the hit I, I don't see that. I don't see that. Yeah, you know, I would I would think with Pusher, like he can tap into the clips discography, he mm-hmm. can tap into some of his work with, you know, uh Good Fridays, he can tap into, you know, um My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking that his catalog is is dense enough to put on at least like a thirty minute set of hits. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I would hope that that would you know, resonate enough with the fan base, especially out here in basically a region where he's from. Mm-hmm. But it is kind of surprising. But I think I don't I don't know if I would necessarily pinpoint it to all the things that you said, although they're valid. Mm-hmm. We just don't know. I think with this new news cycle and this new age of information and how quickly things turn around, like nobody gives a fuck about the Pusha T Drake stuff anymore. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Nobody gives a fuck about the album that much unless you really love it, which I do. But like nobody's talking about that on Twitter anymore. Always talking about that Instagram, and that's not just his fault. That's all albums for the most part. I would say all albums, and also just guilt by association. You know, I mean, the fact that he's a part of good music, and um, you know, even though the 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 two the two strongest albums out of all those good music releases this summer were his album and Tiana Taylor's album, whose album just really just still again for the second time in a row didn't get a a strong push, even though it was some great music. Botched, yeah. It was some great music on on that on that album. Um. I just think the fact that they're on that label, Kanye's the the, the face of it, and people are just kind of like, eh, eh, eh. Yeah. You know, if, if Kanye West had came out with a stronger release, I think that would have helped all of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, even though he was the first release and he was the strongest, I would say, out of all the releases, I agree with that. Yeah, I think yeah. Shout out, to, uh, shout out to super videographer. Uh, Ryan Gordon. Ryan Gordon up in here. <laughs> <laughs> over here doing super videographer things you know i'm gonna stop calling him a videographer i'm gonna call him lead director how you like that i like that you gotta change my shit then too <sighs> okay i gotta yeah. yeah i gotta make yours that it's all encompassing super of, duper of, backpack of, uh, thank you very much of like audio That's... and video <laughs> and business and all of these different things i'm gonna come up with something for media you. man go ahead um big frida Right. Okay. The first thing you hear on "Nice for What." Yes. Right. She wasn't in the video. For no, nice she, for what? No, she wasn't. 
Um, but she did have a few cameos in the In My Feelings video, which was shot primarily or pretty much all in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, both songs, you know, take from the New Orleans bounce. Right. So which she's one of the illest to ever do it. Apparently, for her cameo in the video, she actually had to reach out to Drake when he got to New Orleans. Yes, I read about that yesterday, actually. Yeah. And she said, although she said, like, you know, um, they had a great time. They partied till, like, 6 a.m., you know what I mean? Like, just outside of just shooting. She just said there was not really an apology in terms of, like, why she wasn't included in the Nice for Work What video. So, how do you feel about that? I personally think that was a situation of... Drake not really knowing how to toe that line with his fans who might not be the most open-minded to a person like Big Frida um, and how she presents and what she represents um, and his fans that are completely open to, you know, Big Frida and and all that she is and all that she does and all that she's contributed to – New Orleans bounce culture and the, and the sound and the music and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that when you well, a lot of times when you have when you have interests to protect, you you have to you end up questioning and having to make these tough decisions. And so, I think because he's not opposed to it himself, um, when she made when she hit him up, you know, when he got the call from her. He was down like, yo, okay, cool, yeah, 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 come do da 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 da. We kick it, but this that third being the video, this that and the third, you know what I mean? And even then, like the the you know the the cameo, her cameo was like, Mad short, it was bro. like it was that like quick. That. I was really like, wait, was that to... Big Frida? Uh, <laughs> I had to run it back. Right. And I was like, oh, okay, is that Big Frida? So um, you know um, that's what I think that was, you know. You know. So it's kind of like if if she calls, okay. If she doesn't, okay. You know what I mean? Which I think is whack. I mean, I, th- I mean, no, it, I mean, it it is whack because it's like you know, clearly you're cool. You're you're cool, and it's like, okay, I'll say this. He knew he had to have known, having used the sample of her music and nice for what that it was going to get back to her, and people were going to wonder, okay, well, why wasn't Big Frida in the video, and this, that, and the third, and why wasn't she shouted out, or something like that? Why wasn't she properly acknowledged? Um, with your inclusion of her music in your song. You know what I mean? So, but clearly though, you know, he, it, it's a, it's a, I'm trying to think of a word that would really sum up just that behavior that a lot of people do, um, actually. Um, it's passive. It's passiveness. Yes, yes, pacifist. Pacifist. Um, and um, it's not right, but that's what it is. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that's exactly what it is I, I think it could have been a great opportunity i mean I, you don't want to just like flaunt it like hey you know lgbtq plus you know yeah because yeah, hey, they don't sound they don't look like you're you're, you're, look, you're being gay for, look, you're, you're gay for pay you, you know what i mean you, you would just not look genuine you know so i think gay for a, pay so i think the best way <laughs> to you know just the way to be and make it natural but come on man like that shit especially with karina evans like i don't know having a black woman being the director of that i, I would just would have hoped that between the two of them, between her and Drake, that they would have made that decision. But, you know, maybe somebody else to take up that mantle. It says a lot about uh, where you think people's politics lie just by, you know, default and where they actually do. Go ahead. Word, word, word. So uh, Demi Lovato, actually, Demi Lovato overdosed on heroin yes. maybe a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's this outpouring of support. There's this Twitter defense like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, everybody addiction, you know. 
uh, what uh, addiction is the is a disease and this that and the third and yeah. just I wouldn't say making excuses for her but there's more of a hey let her heal we're all human we all have our you know ups and downs our, our things that we're struggling with mm-hmm. well with this nigga Lamar Odom like it was just like crucifixion bro <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Even, even even from his own people. Even from his own people. And you know, the jokes just started going out. It was not really any defense and you know, any defense was kind of just looked over in terms of his his friends and family who actually were there who cared for him. You know, this is the narratives that you see in regards especially to drugs and to, you know, a crime with the narrative that you see depicted for white women versus that of a black man or even a black woman, mm-hmm. you know. So what where do you fall in all of this? Um I think, again, you see the pen, the pendulum sway all the time with these these types of things that based upon gender and race. You know what I mean? Um, even sometimes class. Um, I think that people. I think because in the black community. Um, we're still I think we got well maybe we maybe just got one more generation to go before we out of the we we're out of dealing with the full effects of uh of the crack epidemic uh but crack was such a, a, a um was something that was so detrimental to 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 the a good majority of the black community in a lot of urban areas even some rural areas um I think we just become so desensitized and we're just also surprised when we see young crackheads you know what I mean I mean mm-hmm. I know I am I'm just like wait a second now especially if you're my age it's just like i know you came up in the just say no era you know what i mean so it's just like why would you even want to do that but in knowing that still that should make us want to at least question like okay what's going on with this person that they would knowingly do a drug that every day all day on tv you see commercials for you know this is your brain on drugs and you know just say no and dare programs and all these different things you know why would you still choose to do this drug you know what i mean um but instead we're just like oh man you crazy you got all this money and you was you was messing around with with them kardashians and they got your mind all messed up and this that and the third you it's just like we do all that as opposed to really just you know taking a second to be a little bit uh, empathetic or, or sympathetic even just as if black people <laughs> couldn't get dependent on crack outside of being with white women or white people yeah right. or like if you got if you are if you are under the time. if you are under the age of 50 how can you become a crackhead like what, what's going on you know right. what i mean um it's just it, like it's completely impossible now as far as with demi lovato um again just on the surface you know you see is demi lovato a latina I am not sure, so I abstain from answering that. Okay. Out of respect for that community. All right. Well, we're going to say she's definitely not black. Like, so I don't know. Like, she's it, not. She's not black. She's not black. We'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> and um, you know, she's an attractive woman, and I just think too that um, with that, we kind of just it's we we forego passing judgment. We just you know we're just like either we don't we don't pay it any mind at all or we're just like oh my goodness what happened the industry it just got to her and you know we do stuff like that we we look at other forces around it's just like well these same forces around uh, a lamar odom or anybody else could also impact their judgment on top of whatever years of trauma they might have had unresolved trauma that they have that they're holding on to you dig what i'm saying yeah yeah 
This is a quick personal one. All right, being at the age of 28 and it's 2018 on the verge of 2019, I think we as a community need to make a concerted push to make sure that if you allegedly procure weed or marijuana of any type, that the person who you are getting it from actually knows the strain that they're distributing to you. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. What's that? What's that about, man? <laughs> I am tired of the loud pack. The loud pack is not an excuse anymore. You cannot allegedly tell me that it's loud. That it is loud, bro. Yeah, loud is bro, loud is pretty. Bro, is, I don't. It is pretty commonplace now. I don't want to hear that shit, bro. It's easier to get high grade weed than it is to find Reggie. That's a fact, but <laughs> I still need to be able to allegedly identify what that is. No, Check it ex- out no, cross ex- reference for myself on my Leafly app. No, you know no, what I'm saying? no, exa- exactly, exactly. So that's all the more reason why whoever, wherever you know you get it from, we're going to leave that to you know. Y'all, that's just a public it, service. It, it should, you, you, the person that you, like you said they should be able to know or tell you what strain it is. Yeah. And don't make shit up either. Thanks. <laughs> Let's get into some quick DMV ones. I know we're short on time. Shout out to uh, Goldlink and whoever was involved with that album music, the new DMV playlist that just came out last week. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I've, I definitely subscribed to it, um, and it was, I was surprised to hear some like um, older joints, like hearing some Fat Trail songs from No Secrets, mm-hmm. you know, YBN Corday, you know. Um, Little dude, they have um, um, Big Flock, mm-hmm. Golink, Bo Young Prince. You know, it's it's you know April and Vista. Yeah, you know some of the dopest people in the DMV. You know, there's a lot of people that were left off, but you know that's what the playlist is for. They'll get cycled in eventually. But I think this is a big step for us as it relates to the region mm-hmm. and music on digital media platforms and the respect that we should get. Absolutely. I mean, I I haven't listened to it because I'm a title subscriber, but. Uh, I'm going to get around to it some way, somehow. Somebody I know got Apple Music, so I'll listen to it that way. Um, I want to also um, shout out um, Kingpin Slim, who yes. just released his his album. I don't even know which number. Trapper's Delight. His, I don't even know which number album this is, but I done listened to all of them. I've been a long time fan. Shout out to Life fan. After Doubt, too. That was um, fire. And this one, this Trapper's Delight, man. Um, <laughs> yo. He's there. I mean, he and I, we've spoken about it, and I, you know, I'm always letting him know, you know, what I think about his music, and um, I, I definitely think, you know, aside from even just being, aside from just being, you know, the best out from from this area, and I'm not even just saying that because I know the brother, I'm saying it because I, I wholeheartedly believe in it's true, but he's one of my favorite rappers in general, you know yeah. what I mean, just one of my favorites, I always look forward to his releases, you know what I mean, and this right here, you know, um, it's, it speaks to people who really got their head on straight. I'll, I'll say that. So whether it, it, it's not even just about, you know, if you was out here trapping, selling drugs, you know, if you got your head on straight, you got a plan, you got a goal, you focus. It's like nonstop. You just let it play. You know what I mean? He's very and he's very honest and vulnerable, as always, in his music. And I really appreciated that. And it's just also just sonically, it just matches on yeah, brand. It's a very clean tra- project. Man. Yeah. From the trap beats to the, the, the content. Subject matter. All just, of that. Yeah, the, the illusions and whatnot. Yeah, it's very dope, man. You know, Kingpin Slim has always been a rapper's rapper. Mm-hmm. I've always followed him, even back in the DMV blog days when One Way Booby and uh, Garvey, the Chosen One, mm-hmm. and Wale and, you know. Um, Southeast Slim, you know, we keep going down the list of you know, those artists that came from that era. But yeah, yeah. Respect the Kingsman Slim for keep elevating his music uh, through the times and through the years. Absolutely. Complex a couple weeks ago recently put out a video about. Oh, dad we didn't, we didn't, we, uh, we just, and just off GP, man, we didn't shout out Q the Fool. His album came out. Word, shout out Q the Fool. <laughs> Since we were talking about DMV people, but okay. Uh, Largo, go, right? Go, go right. ahead, go ahead, go ahead. All right. Um, they were talking about the dad shoe wave now, right? 
And the first thing that they cited was the New Balance 990s, mm-hmm. 992s, mm-hmm. 990s V4s, whatever, whatever. They they did give respect to DC, mm-hmm. um, the DMV region, for being the people who really birthed this. Yes, as they should have. But how do you feel with you know that being a new uh, trend for you know the nation this this summer and this fall, along with like the Yeezy Wave Runners and some other shoes that they're putting in this box called Dad Shoes. Um, as far as just, you know, the, the, the dad shoe category, I mean, that's fine. I mean, people have been calling New Balance dad shoes because, I mean, essentially, if you weren't running, in, shoes if you weren't running in them, you saw, you know, old white guys wearing these shoes. Um, if you, they, and if you weren't a person who was, you know, from the D.C. area, D.C. metro area, you know, um, who um, came up just in urban fashion. But um, I, 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 I love it because, you know, for a very long time the influence that we've had that dc has had on um urban fashion and style as a whole has gone um hasn't hasn't been acknowledged has gone unrecognized um it's all and it's always ends up being a bunch of guys a bunch of older guys from from here complaining man we did it we started and it's just like you know i think that the more people who embrace, I mean, because like, look, we started wearing things that didn't necessarily originate from us. So it's right. like it happens. It happens. So I think the acknowledgement is important. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I told you about, you know, something that I read on Complex, just giving credit to to, to Philly on on that. Right. And that I, was like earlier this year. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and I and I and I hollered at Joe LaPuma about it, and you know, he said what he said, and I was like, okay, cool, whatever. Um, Fair enough, and we went we went our separate ways with it, but it's just like nah, man. I used to live in Philly. I know what I'm talking so about. So it was Joe who did Joe Lapuma who did say in this video that was a DC thing. So maybe whatever you said or whoever else joned on him, or he roasted his ass. I don't know. Maybe he, maybe there's some guys that's down here that know him. It's like, look, bro, <laughs> don't <laughs> you got to you gonna have to backtrack that one. <laughs> Quick one, Trelectro is back, man. That is dope to see. Uh, Yes. Late next month, uh, September twenty second. September twenty second. What's 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 the uh, what's a few of the headliners on that? Scissors headliner, which is dope. I okay. know uh, they got Playboy Cardi, which I'm excited to see live. You mm-hmm. know, I, I'm a fan of his his vibes and his music. Um, Smoke Perp. Uh, I think they got Sheck West. They have a lot of like mix of young talent that fits what Trelectro, I believe, is, is about. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Just like not full on traditional hip hop or not the you know, the direct current hit wave, but mm. the people who deviate and dip into a little bit of the electronic and the yeah. rock, you know, and those other inf- alternative influences. So I think that lineup, they have like Gurla, I think is up on the lineup as well. Yeah, I did, I did see I did see their name. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I think, I, don't, I, don't, I believe Joy Club, but I might be wrong. Either way. Joy Club's on it. Yes. Yeah, Joy Club is on it. So they, you know, shout out to Modi and the team over there. You know what I'm saying? Y'all yes. moving. Y'all got your finger on the pulse in terms of, you know, and we need multiple um, festivals out here because it's the, the region deserves it. Yes, know? big and shout out to Modi, Marty, and Quinn, DJ Spicoli. You know, if y'all want to come on the show before this happens, if y'all are in town early enough, you know, we could definitely make that happen. Uh, so, you know, let us know. Right, I got two more. I'm going to be quick because no, go I know ahead. we got to go into this. Go ahead, go ahead. Red Rocks or Marvin? These are two, for people who listen in outside of the area, these are two different bars slash venues for um, events, social events and whatnot, and weekends in the city. Marvin is still a destination spot for, uh, for out-of-towners. I know. That's like the, <laughs> that's the place we tra- take a lot of transplants. And people ten, are in. ten years running. Eleven years at this point. Yeah, yeah, eleven years running. So, you know, Marvin's being on 14th and U, 14th Street, but close to U Street, and then Red Rocks being on 8th Street. Which venue 
is preferred if you want to go out and find a cougar. <laughs> what? A cougar? Um, Does they be out here? <sighs> okay. Allegedly. So, I'm going to answer this objectively. I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of cougars. You know what I mean? Um, no. I'm not going to get into why I'm not the biggest fan of cougars. You wouldn't throw a seasoned veteran on the team? Only for, only for, for sex. What you know about that young boy? Only, <laughs> I'm gonna let you have that one. <laughs> only for sex. There's nothing more. Because I, I don't want to be taken care of. I'm not looking to be she taken care of. About that, you know boy. what I mean? Um, and I, I, I know that can a, a definitely happen when dating a, a woman who's much older than you. Uh, but as far you as walking as mad candles and shit lit, is I'm just like totally lady. Different vibe. Come on, lady. Um, a little uncomfortable. So, as far as, uh, I would say, it depends upon the night. You know what I mean? Like, I definitely would say Marvin on a Monday night. Uh, you could get you, there, there's, there's, some, uh, there's some women who are, you know, hanging around, you know, want to stick it still, you know, do their thing. Yeah. Like, make sure they still got it. Um, they got a federal job that they've been in for 20 years, so they can take Mondays off. Uh, well, it's Friday, <laughs> Friday evening, the happy hour that they do. Uh, at Marvin as well. Sundays are hit or miss, but uh, I definitely say Monday night and Friday happy hour at uh, at Marvin. Um, as far as Red Rocks, I don't know because I've never been inside Red Rocks during a time where I, I've seen older women. You know, I, at, I, and, and I, like a, a, a good amount of older women in there. I was I stopped. Shout out my shout out my boy Tom. You know, Karma Life and that whole squad. But um, I I caught up with him at Red Rocks. Um, this weekend, bro, it was like it's different vibes on every floor, mm. but it was definitely I think it was reminisce was the name of the party. Yeah, reminisce. So it might have shout out, out reminisce. That. Yeah. that's a long that party's been going on for a long time. That's yeah. one of that's still one of the longest running parties still in existence in DC. Um, people you know, had some friends who came in town. I recommended that to them, and they said they had a great time. You yeah, know? you know, because I I clearly go to like Joy Club at Big Chief, or mm. you know, you know my other spots, which I won't throw on the podcast, but. <laughs> <laughs> is what it is. What, right. what, you, what you've invited me to, I'm like, nah, nah, I'm good, man. Yeah, man. Sometimes <laughs> you gotta step into the madness, test yourself, bro. Nah, I've done it. You know I'm mean? good. See what you're made of. Right. I think that's pretty much it, honestly. I have uh, one more that could segue into kind of the okay. discussion. Okay, um, go ahead. You talk about young crackheads, right? Yes, yes. Um, so, are you familiar with Bunk Gang? Whole lot of gang shit. The, I've I've heard the name, but I don't know any music or anything uh, like that. You don't really need to know. It's, okay. it's a dude who like steal stuff, run out the stores and stuff, and then he slowly and surely just got into heavier and heavier drugs and tattooed his whole face up. Okay, looking like recently, he got roaches crawling on his yeah, face. Okay, he signed to the same social media management company as Takashi Six Nine. Okay, so just to give you some scope. And what's his social? What's Takashi Six Nine social media management company? I forget the name of it, but uh, I guess we can. Put okay, that in, I'll, I'll look it up real yeah. quick. But anyway, he was on um, on No Jumper podcast, which okay. he's a frequenter. Of. He frequents the podcast, and he actually damn near passed out while getting interviewed. And he was, uh, you know, you really couldn't hear and understand anything that he was saying during the interview because he was just that smacked. Mm-hmm. But um, just to see that was kind of just like word, like we just letting drugs and lean usage and perks and zannies, and we just letting this shit just like be seen on, on the webs live and mm-hmm. that's just a bad look or just a dangerous look for hip-hop and then you got artists like rich the crit rich the kid who uh you know put out a post on ig saying r.i.p rich the kid 
And then the next subsequent day, he said, I was just playing. I was really high. You know, I was high out of my mind. And so it just has these waves of like these artists who are like heavy into drugs, pill usage, um, um, uh, lean usage, liquid heroin, mm-hmm. you know, and they're and it's mixed with these like sporadic and dangerous kind of cries for help or maybe even media kind of plays like I don't get it. You know, it's hard for me to understand uh, that. OK, so. It makes me think about this time I saw this uh, this Fader interview with um, with Young Thugs around the time when he first came out. He was down, um, I think he was at A3C or something. Um, and he had the dope fiend itch the whole time and the, the whole interview. You know what I mean? Just, I mean, going up his shirt, scratching himself, all of that. And I'm just like, man, you got to put that lean down and pills, whatever you popping, man, them opiates, man. You got to put that shit down. And, you know, however, also um, knowing people who were once lean drinkers, um and also knowing that knowing the things that they're dealing with um if you've developed if you if basically um they drink lean and they smoke a lot of weed right mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so if you already okay so we'll say weed is the baseline that's the thing you gotta if without that you're not even leaving the house right and so the lean provides you the same uh 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 anxiety uh, 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 um, anxiety, uh, I guess, reducing effect uh, that maybe we used to provide you. Um, a lot of these guys have a lot of things, um, a lot of um, issues that they haven't dealt with. They ha- may have a lot of responsibilities that um, that are on their plate that it's hard for them to, to juggle in. So everybody's looking to them as the leader, as the person who's supposed to run the show. You know what I mean? Um, as far as it being kind of just okay now in 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 rap um and not to say that back when um you had more dealers than customers in in rap music that was okay but it was also just a sign of just where people where the where these communities people who were coming from these communities were in you know what i mean so um i think if anything we should just really take a a you can't take a blanket approach like this. You can't. You got to stop listening to these guys. I think if anything, we should just look at what is actually going on to to that we can do to kind of just prevent even these guys wanting to just take these 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 chemical drugs. You know what I mean? Because um, like how can how can more be taken off their plates or just you know how can they get you know have their issues um dealt with something something hit it from a mental health standpoint or something. I mean. That's something I think that the music industry could provide help with, but I know that wouldn't necessarily sell because you know scandal and controversy and all that. That's what that was. That's what sells. You know, these people being a lot of these guys being quote unquote scary. You know, um, that's appealing to people who don't live that life. You know what I mean? Or even to people who you know may actually live that life and they're like, oh, these guys can relate to what I'm going through. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess we could segue with that into just this Leo this uh, exactly. Cohen interview on The Breakfast Club where, you know, I watched the whole thing. Um, I was going to watch it a second time. I was like, nah, I pretty much got what I needed to get from that, um, from that interview. So, I mean, leading up to his questionable comments, you know, he said a lot of good stuff, provided a lot of great history. Who is Leo Cohen? So Leo Cohen is... Um, Right now, he is the global head of music at YouTube for YouTube Music. But um, he is... Um, He's been in the, in the rap industry since 
1984. Yeah. Rush Management. Yeah, Rush uh, Management, Def Jam. Def Jam. Uh, what else? Warner Music, yeah. uh, 300. Uh, I mean, he, he, he pretty much, he and Kevin Lyles, they, they launched they launched 300. You know, that's, that, that's their thing. Um, but um, used to manage Run DMC, I believe, or was a part of that. Yes, media, uh, the, yeah, mm-hmm. the marketing push, yeah, all of that. So, um, he he's been around a long time, you know, um, almost almost forty years, and um, I think that um, again, all the history and context that he provided to just his story and just how he got into the music industry and just how things have changed um, through in 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 the midst of his own transitions to different. Um, entities within the music and conglomerates within the music industry um i definitely when he made the comments about when when um when he was asked i think charlemagne asked him about you know well if you say okay you don't fuck with junkies but you're signing these artists who are doing all types of drugs you know what i mean where does that leave you that makes you look like a hypocrite right and he's like well i got a family to feed long story short you know and before i get to the second part of that you know it made me think about a lot of times the compromising positions uh, that we are placed in just by happenstance of not having our own entities to, you know, really operate from. So, you know, there's a lot of people I know who really compromised all their morals and integrity because they were really making a lot of money. You know what I mean? And I've, I've watched it and I just wondered to myself, you throw other people under the bus you do things which you know in your heart of hearts is wrong but how are you able to sleep with yourself at night and is it really just for the sole fact that you know you have a family to feed and is are we that individualistic of a society at this point that is just like look man people like it especially in that music industry yes i think i'm not I'm not supporting Lior and what he's saying, but I also understand because we live in a capitalistic society that's driven off of supply and demand and mm-hmm. on the backs of others as much as possible for capital gains for a few. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So, you know, yeah, he might say, yeah, I don't want somebody sipping lean right in front of me, but if there's a supply and demand for that type of music, you know, of course he's going to capitalize on that trend with artists who, you know, have subject matter about that lifestyle. Now, did he mention putting DMX in rehab before or after he made that statement? I think it was after. Okay. But I think what's also interesting to note is that hip-hop was largely birthed out of the drug uh, the drug era of, of the 80s. And, and you know, again, coming, in, coming out of the 70s, it's a, like... Again, again, yes. You know, and, and, you know, at the time when, you know, one of the, one of the biggest early rap songs of of all time, um, The Message. Message, that's what's going to quote, too. Yeah, that, that, Broken Glass. That hey. was all about... That was the first time we really heard what was going Real on in shit the hood. In the inner cities, yeah. You know what I mean? And if you know, and if you were from the from the hood, you understood what they were saying no matter what hood right. you was from. And um however, as time went on, you know, things you heard more and more music from from guys who were out here hustling. Yeah. You know what I mean? They were out here selling drugs and you know, people talk about uh a person like um what's his name? Um MC Shan and how it it it's not an official thing, but the 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 oral history to you know just what led to his downfall um, in the industry is that you know he got hooked on crack, hmm. you know what I mean. Um, but because I'm just wondering at what point that 
being that person, you know, and not being really spoken of, or maybe people were helping them on the back end, you know, we just didn't know. Mm-hmm. When did that become flip to where now the, the, the drug use is glorified? You know what I mean? Is it because now a lot of guys, you can't make money in the streets like you used to. That's why you got a lot of scammers. You know what I mean? All these different things. So I just wonder about when when did that change happen? I really I've really thought about this. Like when did that change in hip hop happen? When it was it was cool to be a customer. And I mean, no, it's not cool to sell drugs, but you got to do what you got to do sometimes. But when did it become cool to now be the customer versus serve the customer? I mean, I think it's a it's a intertangled web. I mean, there's so many places where I could start from. I can talk, start from how hip hop, the larger consumer market, now that it's the largest kind of music genre, is suburban, mm-hmm. suburbia. Suburbia is where most of these drug epidemics come from, and like, yeah, not come from, but really proliferate within the community the worst. Mm-hmm. I would say so. I think that there's a demand for that. I would say the democratization of music based on streaming. You know what I mean, and not having to rely on radio and you know album sales or albums and and labels as much anymore so there's not really a filter on the type of music that is released yeah it really just comes from like whatever's on the internet that gains traction you know based off of like how they finesse it and style it so it's like you can't even control initially where the demand is you know um we got this new generation that you know people are still trying to figure out you Mm -hmm. know they're still trying to figure out millennials it's so many different factors that it's 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 very difficult to pinpoint it to one thing as to why it's flipped from being a seller to a user. But, I mean, you've been selling since the 80s. Who do you think you were selling it to that it wasn't going to impact that would come up in the And, game? again, I think some of this has to do with, again, like I said, we, we got maybe one more generation where we're fully out of the crack epidemic. But now we've got a whole new host of drugs that young people are getting hooked on. You know what I mean? Xanax. In, 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 in the black community. And, and so it's just like, eh. It's a, it's a new thing now we got to be concerned with. You, you, you know, know what I'm saying? It's the social media, too, man. Like, we can't get a break. There's no it's escapism. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we are online, you know, all the time. And many of us younger than me, you know, even even my age group, like, we feel like we have to be connected at all times. Our lives are on the forefront. All of our lives are on the forefront. So yeah. there's a lot more pressure and a lot of and more factors that we have to consider for our mental well-being than before in ways that we can feel as normal quote unquote as possible right and from that that point leo um after uh charlamagne says to him uh, you know dame is gonna hit you up call you a culture vulture saying that and he comes back well who is dame dash and i was just like oh man so you really just don't give a fuck you <laughs> i think he was a little flustered you know he knows who dame dash is and no no i mean yeah, you know, I, 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 absolutely but it's just like you really but again still i'm just like okay now you just like, why you bring up that guy? And again, you know, Dame is somebody who, for the most part, has been blacklisted by by the music industry. You know, right. a lot of people are not fooling with him. And I think, um, nonetheless, though, I just think, um, I think that his instead of just saying who is Dame Dash, you know what I mean? Um, I think he could have just been like, you know, I mean, it still probably would have been wacky the way, but it still would have could have been like, well, Dame. He did this to himself, and right. or whatever the case. Wh- well, say, he kind of did. He, get, he did say afterwards. He was like, "Look, man, if it was that easy for me to break up your friendship or your relationship with uh, Jay, how strong was your relationship really?" And that's a valid point. You know what I'm saying? Like, all I'm saying is, as well, that you know, 
I was just like, damn, you ain't have to carry Dame like that. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, just like really like that was just like really disrespectful. I mean, but <laughs> or Dame, some or some Koofy smacker. Dame, yeah, but Dame has <laughs> been on that sh- that type of time for a while. You know what I'm saying? Maybe not right now, but Dame has definitely been on like on that type of time. Even back to the the you know the Combat Jack interview, and you go back and listen to Lior's Combat Jack interview with some interesting stuff that he says there too, outside of Dame, but more so, you know, with uh, the Migo situation. Mm. Which has resurfaced back with that Rich the Kid thing that I brought up. You know, Rich the Kid saw, saw, also signed the 300 and was yeah. talking mad shit. You know, so outside of just the Dame Dash stuff and the drug usage, I am interested to see what Lior Cohen does with this YouTube music thing. I am not a believer yet, but I understand why all the factors are there for it to succeed because YouTube is king of, of, of content media. Yeah, I mean, the way he laid it out, again, I'm also interested too. Um, I'm also going to record saying I'm not a Dame Dash hater. I know there's some people. Me neither. I know there's some Dame Dash haters just off GP because of, you know, they 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 like Jay Z more than they like Dame Dash. But you know, Dame Dash his the way he responded and reacted in a lot of situations never really bothered me. I was just like, hey man, you gotta make your voice heard. And I I mean, regardless of just how you, you went about it, you know, I mean, he's 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 living now. He's living now. Um, I don't know that man's full story. I don't know him personally, but you know. He's all right with me if he ever um if we ever cross paths. But um I will say one thing I think Leor has a great point with, you know, right now with streaming, one issue is that the artists feel like they're not getting enough per stream. Mm-hmm. And so he has a point. You have like at one point you had Spotify and Apple. Yeah. And that basically can create like a, a monopolization of the market and they have all the leverage. So now with other platforms like Amazon Music, YouTube Music, Tidal. The the democratization of streaming platforms will make it easier to bargain to get, you know, more leverage on the side of the producers and the artists than the people like Apple and the major companies that are like, you know, distributing the music online. So okay some nerd shit to talk about <laughs> i know we got like a minute left no nah, no nah, it's cool you know we gotta have a nerd shit in there you know we we, we are nerds over here you know what i mean even though we want some flash shit we still some nerds too you yeah. know but that's what makes the show so fly you know what i mean yeah. uh but i mean we could put a period right there man facts i mean i think it was a lot of content so we got we got in a full 59 minutes of content so i hope y'all enjoy the show um let us know if y'all want more of these yes 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 and hit us up tweet us questions comments concerns anything hit us up on facebook uh i got a facebook page up all the fly kids um instagram uh again use that interactive q a app all of that um shoot us emails info at all the fly kids.com all of that um so that's a wrap y'all peace Broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on mixcloud.com slash fullserviceradio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at FullServiceRDO, on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening.